0: How's it going everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast and let's just jump right into it. So uh, first uh, I want to just briefly say that in five days my birthday is coming up. Um, I had just gone out of the shower and actually a lot of people have given throughout the course of my life since I was a little kid have always given me a hard time about taking super long showers and People never knew what I was doing in there. They didn't know if I was like like that cl- like hygienic of a person, if I was fondling myself. Uh they had no idea what I was doing. Honestly, um I can't tell you when it started. I know it was sometime early teenage years. I started to use like my shower time as just a reflection time period. Used to use it to come up with like fantasies. Uh, of like stories I've always wanted to write. uh, write. Um, As I got older and I kind of grew out of that, I started to take that time more to think about um, where I was in life and uh, kind of just create ideas, see if they would make sense if I were to implement them in my life. And a lot of my ideas and decisions and where I am in my, and currently is attributable to me taking that time and just reflecting in the shower. And so the reason why I'm bringing that up now is because I just got done taking a shower actually before I started doing this podcast. And uh, it just hit me in five days. My birthday's coming up. I'll be 33. And I don't even want to celebrate my birthday on the 30th. Uh, I want to actually like moving forward. I want on June 30th of every year to reflect on all the positive things that happened on that day. And I know that's going to be very difficult, especially with everything that's going on right now, but there are people out there that are doing good things. And so I'm going to try to make it a goal that for the podcast for my birthday to not make it about me at all. You'll have plenty of time if you're listening to this podcast to hear my stories, hear my thoughts on ideas and subjects and things that are are important to you, important to me, um, but I want to spend the 30th of every year, June 30th, my birthday, um, to just talk about all the good that's, that's happening for every year. And so just want to bring that up initially, but actually there's a day that's more important than my birthday. And that day is today. And a lot of you are probably gonna be wondering, well, what's so special about June 25th? You know, you technically weren't born yet. Is it a crazy story how you were supposed to be born on this day? Um, No. Uh, The reason why this day is so important is because I technically wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for this day. But we're going to talk about my mom. (laughs) Um, Today is my mom's birthday. My mom's birthday is on the 25th of June. Um, Funny enough, when she, uh, my mom's from Colombia, she was raised in the capital city. I've talked about it in the podcast before. Uh, But she was raised in a city called Bogota, which is the capital of Colombia. It's got a population of over 12 million people, super massive. It's like New York City with the the climate of uh, the United Kingdom. (laughs) So it's drizzling a lot out there. Um, If you love the big city life, it's definitely a place to visit. There's a lot of history there. And it's pretty much the only place you can go to really get a really good job out in Colombia. Um, that's slowly changing, but that's generally just how it works for a lot of Colombians. So that's why it's just so super. It's so packed that, and because it's the capital, and yeah. So I, I technically, obviously wouldn't be on this planet if my mom was never born. But funny enough, when my mom actually, um, she became a, a U.S. citizen, <laughs> she's probably gonna hate that. I'm gonna share the story. But when she became a U.S. citizen. On her paperwork, when she submitted the paperwork, this is how ass backwards, even the system was back then, but it's still so ass backwards even now. But um, when my mom had submitted all the paperwork, they had made a mistake on her birthday and they officially made it her birthday. So legally in the United States, her birthday actually is July 25th, even though biologically and you know in Colombia and everywhere else, her birthday is legitimately June twenty-fifth. But legally here in the States, her birthday is on the twenty fifth of July. And it's due to just um bureaucracies pretty much that existed. But (laughs) but don't worry, mom. You know, even though we joke and we always say that, you know, your birthday technically isn't today, it really is today. And so I want to talk about her for this podcast because Truly, I mean, everyone probably can say this about their mom. Some people have a tarnished relationship with their parents. And don't get me wrong, uh, some of my most fiercest of arguments I've ever had in my life have been towards my mom. And some of the most open conversations I've ever had as well have been with my mom as well. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about my mother is that no matter where I am, no matter the state of mind I'm in, And no matter the challenges that await both her and I, um, at the end of the day, we truly do love each other. And we make mistakes and we we do silly things. Uh, I'm always reminded of that when uh, I talk to my mom. And I give her a hard time about that stuff. But uh, I've never met someone in my life that's been as hard of a worker as my mom. I mean, truly, my mom is... I mean, if you look at her, she looks like she's 30. Well, my mom is turning 56, I think it is. <laughs> so crazy to think about. Um, and... Wait, give me a second here. Yeah, I think so. She's going to butcher me if I don't get that right. Whatever it is, mom, it doesn't matter. You're 50-something. <laughs> um, the, the age doesn't really matter. My mom doesn't act an inch of her age at all. She... Is the most energetic person you'll ever meet in your entire life. My mom, from the moment she gets up to the moment she goes to sleep, she's always doing something. She can't not be doing something. She can't sit still. She has to be productive, and she's always been like that since I was a kid. And this this is gonna is it's super important because um, my story with my mom is is very deep. So when my mom. Uh, found out that she was pregnant with me. She was still living in Colombia. She was living in Bogota. And she grew up in a very fortunate lifestyle. My grandparents, uh, my grandfather owned a pharmacy in Bogota. And uh, he also owned a contract, uh, a contracting business. And he used to build like massive uh, buildings, like architect wise. And, you know, even the, the apartment that they live in now, like where my grandparents live, actually my grandfather built. And, um so my mom was was raised in 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 a you know in a in a very fortunate circumstance and she was living in Colombia and during this time period in Colombia's history it was pretty difficult uh there was a lot of uh crime the history of Colombia in the early early 80s going to the late 90s was a pretty dark period in in Colombia's history and so you had a lot of terrorism there you had a lot of uh, cartels the drug cartels as well And for whatever reason, my mom, uh, she's, she, uh, she had been to the United States a few times prior to moving here when she was a kid and she was young. I believe my mom was 18, I think, or 19 when she had me, um, or 20. I'm not entirely sure. I can't remember. And she would, um, always oh, like when the moment she found out that she was pregnant, she told herself against the wishes of her parents, she had told herself, and she she kept this information from her from her parents, she told herself that she did not want to give birth to her son in Columbia. She wanted her son to be an American. And so my mom had um, had her best friend, her best friend's family lived in Madison, Wisconsin. And my mom was not in a very serious relationship with my father, with my birth father, and she. Um, I think my birth father didn't want to leave Colombia, and my mom did. She was just gun ho on on having me here in the states, and so she her she reached out to her best friend. She told her best friend. Her best friend couldn't believe it when she told her parents. Her parents didn't approve of it um they didn't want her to to have they they told her that she was too young and they were they wanted it was a very catholic i mean colombia is, is like 99% uh catholic so that's that's a derivative from the spanish heritage that they have and so obviously especially my grandfather was a very strict uh man as well and he really cared about my mom especially because she was the oldest of the three daughters that he had and uh, and she was the second oldest to my uncle who was technically the oldest. And so my, my grandfather was super protective of my mom and he just didn't approve of it. And uh, he definitely didn't approve of my, my mom going to the States and pretty much gave her an ultimatum. Like if you go to the States, any, any kind of assistance I'm going to give you, I'm not going to give you anything. If you stay here in Columbia, I'll take good care of you and your son. And, you know, you could live like a queen pretty much out here. But if you go to the States, you're not getting anything from me. And my grandmother didn't like it as well just because her her daughter was going to be leaving. And my mom pretty much ran away. She ran and moved in with her best friend and uh, and her family in Madison, Wisconsin. And she was still pregnant with me. My mom didn't know what she was going to do. She didn't speak an ounce of English at all. And my mom, when she when she moved there, she was stressed out, you know, super stressed out. She didn't know what she was going to be doing. She couldn't technically work. And she, uh, her best friend, I, I would love to have my mom actually talk about this story. She's told me a lot about like that that history of being pregnant with me and everything of that nature. But eventually she found herself moving to Florida, Orlando, Florida, and she met my brother's father there and they got married and my mom applied for a green card status. And she, when she had me, she, um, (laughs) funny enough, my mom, because she was Colombian, she wanted me to be named Jason, but she, and, and, uh, I don't know if that's just how they spell Jason in Colombia, but I, I'll never understand why. But luckily, we changed it. But originally, on my original birth certificate, I was spelled. My name was spelled J-A-S-S-O-N. <laughs> and my mom thought it was right. And eventually, I think it was by the time I got into grade school, they told her that that was kind of a weird way of spelling my name. And so my mom changed it to the normal way of spelling Jason. And um, my mother is so adorable. And essentially, she... She told herself, because, her, again, her father was going to support her, she lived a difficult lifestyle. And she had to work really, really hard. Um, her first job, she worked at a, a car rental business called National Car Rental, which a, a, a lot of you guys, if you've traveled, have probably seen National Car Rental. They're still a big, a big rental car company. My mom started off with them doing uh, car cleaning for them, cleaning out of the rental cars. And my mom was one of the very few women that did that and very quickly my mom garnered a lot of respect from the 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 workers there because she she busted her ass and my mom busted her ass really hard and but didn't speak a lick of of English at all and over time of just you know listening to people talk she was starting to kind of learn English through the listening to people communicate <clears throat> and um she worked so hard that um, she got moved from from cleaning cars to actually once her English got good enough. And they told her that if your English, you know, actually got good enough that they would transfer her from cleaning cars to working at the front desk, actually doing car rentals um, for for tourists. And when my mom heard that, she immediately and she knew that that doing that kind of job was going to give her more money. She just went ham on, on, on learning English and she learned it well enough that she went to, you know, doing car rentals and my mom busted her ass so well in that job position that she actually got transferred to, uh, managing car rentals for executives, like an executive position for car rentals, which is like the most highly regarded position you could be in at the time. Um, you know, in the airline industry, at least when you work within the airport, And this was in the early nineties and my mom did so well at that job. She just worked really hard, but she did it because my, my brother's father really didn't work too hard in his life. And my mom wanted everything for, for me and my little brother, you know, me and my brother are two years apart in age. So by the time my mom was working at national car rental, she had my, my brother too. And she wanted to, she wanted us to enjoy the things that she got to see when she was a kid, when she came to the, to Florida and she went to Disney and she was like, you know, no matter what, I'm always going to make sure that my kids every single year have the opportunity to go to Disney world and, and enjoy a, a lucrative, like she wanted everything for her kids and she would do anything for her kids. And she still has that mentality now. Um, that's why I love my mom so much. And My mom was a super, super, super hard worker and always made sure that her kids just had the toys that they wanted for Christmas, the toys that they wanted for their birthdays. And eventually she left my my brother's father. She separated from him. And it was a difficult time for my mom. My mom was raising me and my brother pretty much as a single parent, having to work really hard. And luckily at the time where my mom was living, there was a really amazing couple um, a Hispanic couple that raised us—they were like my second grandparents—and um, Marlene and her husband—I'll never forget them. Like, I'll never forget like how my mom would always leave us with them during the day, and they would they would take great care of us. I remember Marlene's. Uh, she used to ha- have these like I don't know what they're called, but they're I, I love them, and I-, I don't eat them anymore. But as a kid, I loved them, and it, they essentially were like breadsticks, but like really nice, fancy breadsticks, like the really nice kind. And I used to love them. I would raid her uh, pantry all the time and eat these. And I'll never forget that. And just how big of a heart uh, she had and how much she cared for my mom and and cared for us as well. And she would take great care of us. And actually funny enough, I, I, um, she didn't speak too much English, but there, and our Spanish was all right as well, but just, we had a great relationship with them as a family. But again, my mom just wanted to work super hard to make sure that her kids had everything that they, that they needed. Um, when it came to field trips, my mom made sure that we had the money for field trips. But my, our lifestyle was very low. And again, I think this is just because my mom wanted us to have everything. That ultimately the lifestyle that we had was, you know, bottom middle class of, of a lifestyle. Especially because my mom was just doing everything by herself. Eventually, my mom uh, got a great position doing uh, a pretty much a brand ambassador position for AT&T and and traveling all through Central Florida, promoting uh, home phone service pretty much. And obviously, this before the Internet was even a thing. And I remember going with my mom and my mom would have all these like um, all this merchandise by AT&T to give away to customers and she would be signing them up and, and the pay and the, the of like my mom pretty much made her own schedule and it was like one of the best positions my mom ever had. Honestly, she she's uh, I think it's still one of her favorite things that she did to this day and she murdered it in it and she, my mom would be everywhere. And it was cool because my mom actually took me and my little brother with her and it was cool. Like helping my mom out, like with uh we weren't like working, working, but it was just, it was great to be around my, our mom while she was pretty much doing this line of work and signing people up. And I remember ha, like giving people like a, a, uh, a notepad, like the, the, what is that thing called? It's like the, uh I'm forgetting the name, but it's essentially the, the thing where people put papers on top of clipboards. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez, Jason. Wow. Um, I remember giving people clipboards with, like, the papers they had to sign while my mom was selling another couple. And then I would be giving away some of the toys. And, and for me, I was, like, a kid. And my mom had boxes and boxes of these of, of things to give away. And I'll never forget, um, in elementary school, my mom had uh, one, one of my favorite things were these key rings. But they were essentially LED lights that were, like, little black, squishy LED lights. And when you squished it, it would turn, like, a, a little red LED light would come out of it. And it was really cool. I loved them. And my mom had boxes of these, boxes and boxes. And when she left her job at AT&T, um, I actually, one of my first entrepreneurial jobs was I took these that my mom wasn't, she kept them for whatever reason. And I started to take some of these to school in uh, third and fourth grade. And I would sell these to kids because at the elementary school I went to, there was a really cool little... Um, little store that they had in the elementary school where you kids could go and buy school supplies if they needed. Like if they wanted a pencil, but it was like really cool for the kids because like it was things that maybe the parents wouldn't buy them, but it was like the uh, cool, like superhero erasers and like extra things that you, you probably your parents wouldn't buy you technically, you know, whatever wasn't on the syllabus or not syllabus, but the, I don't even know what it's called now what kids get. I'll find out eventually when my daughter starts to go to school. Um, Actually, I'm going to be homeschooling her, but um, that'll be a conversation for another podcast. So we'll talk about the reasons why I want to do that. Um, The curriculum, I guess, whatever they give my mom at the front, would always tell the parents exactly what kind of school supplies is required for the kids. And my mom would always make sure we had everything, but I wanted certain things and I would always see the, the store and, there were certain things I wanted and I couldn't ask my mom. I didn't feel right to ask my mom for, for money. So I had a brilliant idea that what I would do is I would take these, these key rings, go next to that shop. And when people wanted to go buy something, I would show them like these really cool flat like LED lights. And people were like, oh, that's really cool. And I'd be like, yeah, well, it's a quarter. I'll sell it to you for a quarter. And people were like, oh, yeah, for sure. And kids would buy these, right? And so pretty much half the school at one point had these like lights and it was getting around really quick. I got in trouble uh, by the principal. Uh, I didn't get, like, suspended. I was, like, in grade, like, elementary school. But uh, I'll never forget. I was so sad because I was actually, I was making enough money that I was able to get whatever I wanted. Oh, uh, college rule paper. Actually, I loved writing. And um, my mom would always get, like, uh, initially she st- started to realize that I liked college rule, uh, rule paper. But I would always get, like, the wide paper. And I hated that. I liked to write small. And I felt like I wrote better when I wrote small. And so I would go there and get college rule paper and like stacks. And I would remember getting like erasers and cool pencils and mechanical pencils, things that my mom wouldn't just get me. She would just get me uh, number two pencils. And yeah, I got in trouble. I got in trouble and I wasn't allowed to bring those LED flashlights anymore. And um, I didn't do an entrepreneurial end, endeavor again until like 20 years later after that. But um, I was so tarnished by that uh, sad moment where my early entrepreneurial spirit got quashed. I'll make sure to never do that with my daughter. Like I really want to get her into learning about... Anyways, this is about my mom. Uh, so um, my mom had a phenomenal job working at AT&T. But it wasn't the job position that ultimately she wanted to do because now her English and her Spanish was was good, was, was proficient. And she was offered the opportunity to do interpreting work now for executives in the aviation industry. Since my mom already had a background working at the airport, that was something that she really enjoyed. And this type of job was going to allow her to travel well. My mom started to do interpreting work for uh, Avianca, which is like the largest airliner from Colombia, and she—that's where she met my stepdad. Uh, his name is Theo, and I remember when my mom was starting to date my stepdad. I hated him. I hated him. I—I I didn't like—I didn't like him at all. He was always super nice to me and my brother. But I just never liked him. Uh, I was just that kid. I was just super protective over his mom. and But my mom really loved him. Loved him so much that uh, eventually they started the, the date seriously. And my mom, you know, we were living in Orlando. But my mom was like, you know, I want to move us to the beach. I want to move us to where Theo lives. And I remember that day. I'll never forget it. I was in third grade. I would, I, and in my elementary school in Orlando, I was actually one of the more popular kids. Funny enough, I was like very athletic. I didn't, I wasn't really a big bookworm at the time. I was like more into like sports, like basketball, rollerblading. Um, and a lot of just like, I did a lot more outdoor stuff when I was uh, living in Orlando, which was weird, but yeah, I was like the popular kid in my school. And then to think that i was going to a new school i knew no one i didn't know the, the city that we were going to be moving to i knew nothing um, and all i knew was that my mom was telling me that it was a nice area and that uh, i was going to meet i was going to have two step brothers none of that mattered to me and i was so upset i told my mom I, I hated you know i didn't like her i didn't like the fact that she was doing this to me and jonathan my brother and i was a rebel i was a rebel for like the first 2 years when i was living in new Sumarna. i didn't enjoy it at all I started to grow onto it just because my stepbrothers, they made it a little bit easier for me to kind of enjoy New Smyrna. They were all, they were both out uh, into outdoor things as well. And so it was really cool. Like we were all into rollerblading. So we would just like do a lot of like cool rollerblading tricks and, and things of that nature. So they made it a little bit easier, but man, I was, I went from the, like the popular kid in my school to, in my elementary school, when I first moved to New Smyrna in fourth grade, I was picked on hard. Like no one liked me. I was like the new kid and it was hard. I don't know how, I actually, I don't even know if I've ever asked my brother how it was for him, but for me, it was so hard, so hard that like it forced me. And actually, mom, you moving us to new Samarna really made your son into the bookworm that he is now, the, the wanting to, to learn. And I, it was you, your decision of moving to new Samarna, obviously. And then my teacher too. Um, uh, my teachers that I had in, in my third or my fourth and fifth grade year in New smarta Beach really instilled into me the, the enjoyment of learning. And I went from like the outdoorsy kid to more like the bookworm kid, starting to like learn about science, enjoying it, history and enjoying it. And I just love books. And I, I started to like, I was like the nerd pretty much at the end of fifth grade. And I didn't really care. And by the time I, I went to middle school, funny enough, one of the girls that used to pick on me, her name was Jennifer Shannon in elementary school. I love her, by the way. She's she's family for me. She's like a sister. Uh, we don't talk as much. Life has really separated us. But that girl would, would do anything for me when I was in, in middle and high school. But, man, she was the devil <laughs> in elementary school. But essentially, when she went to middle school, she started dating the most popular kid in our middle school. And so it was great because then – I started to, even though I was a bookworm, I was, like, cool with all the popular kids, too. And so even though I was kind of, like, a nerdy kid, I was also able to kind of socialize with the cool kids as well, which was really awesome. And uh, they only dated for, like, I think six months of middle school, and then they stopped dating. But, um, yeah, honestly, I I, I wouldn't be the person that I am if it wasn't for my mom. I mean, my mom... Her decisions and, and, and doing what she thought was right for her kids. You know, my stepdad owned, uh, he was a a big time entrepreneur. The moment my mom met my stepdad, our lives completely changed forever. Um, and, and we lived a different lifestyle. It was like black and white pretty much. We went from my mom having to work, you know, as a single home parent, you know, working really hard, busting her ass, making sure that her kids could have whatever they wanted to, she was able to kind of relax. And uh, eventually my stepdad really wanted my mom, really, really wanted my mom to be a stay-at-home mom. And so my mom made that sacrifice. And But she still took that tenacity to to being a stay-at-home mom. It was every single day our, our rooms were made, our chores were done for us. I mean, it wasn't like my mom did it out of I think my mom did it because she loved us, but as well, I think it was because my mom would f- lose it if she had nothing to do. I mean, she's still like this nowadays. That's why I love visiting my parents back at home every single time I go over there because my mom – I mean, breakfast always made, lunch already always made, dinner always made, um, laundry every single day doing laundry. My mom's such a hard worker with everything she does, like the care, the lawn care, and uh, like the whole – if you looked at like where and people listening to this they know like if they're from New Smyrna and they're my friends from back home, they know like my parents' place and all the hard work that my mom does you could just you could just tell everyone that meets my mom is just she's the kindest person ever, but man, she will bust ass for any of her friends and help them with anything they need and that's one of the things I love about my mom is because ultimately my mom, even though she's been wrong sometimes about the direction of where she thinks she should take her 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 love or her her direction of love it's always been ultimately the main focus has always been her two sons have always been the most important thing to her she loves both her sons to death and she would literally do anything for for me and my brother and that love that my mom had for us really translated to me my mom's made a lot of mistakes a lot of things that i've i've grown to learn that I don't want to do when I, when I raise my daughter. Um, but at the same time, I understand a hundred percent that the reason why she did that is because she wanted the world for, for me and my brother. And so she worked really hard for, for everything for us. And when I think about it, it always brings me to tears sometimes just thinking about how hard and how much sacrifice my mom made initially and where my mom is now. She deserves to be where she's at, where she gets to do whatever she wants. She's um she's I mean has the time, you know, has her friends and and does whatever she wants to do as a Desperate Housewives lifestyle. <laughs> but um she really does deserve it. If anyone deserves it, my mom does. My mom worked super hard to be in the position that she's in now. When people see my mom, especially people that have met my mom in New Smyrna Beach that don't know her uh, from her past, they would just think that my mom was just a very charismatic person her entire life and had always been in a very fortunate position pretty much. But if they really knew how hard life was for the first 10 years of, of my life and the 10 years that my mom was living in, in the States, um, they were hard. You know, I could imagine sometimes my mom just probably being alone at night and just wondering if what she was doing was the right decision You know, even to this day, I bet sometimes my mom just always reflects on what she says to us or what she does and and wonders, you know, if what she did was the right decisions. And mom, you know, sometimes I, I, this is is just directly to you for a second, but I know sometimes I'm really hard on you. Um, I tend to be hard with the people I love, Um, with my wife, with you, um, with my brother, uh with with my close friends i don't really do it with anyone else i don't really put that kind of passion in that because ultimately i i love you so much and i i um yeah you know, i don't mean to come off the way i do sometimes with the way i direct things to you and i know it can be abrasive and i know it can be very direct um I just hope that ultimately how I I tell you every single time after, after I do that and I apologize about how I I direct certain things to you. I just hope that you know that the only reason I'm doing that is because of the amount of love that I have for you. I would never do that with anyone else. I don't do that with strangers. I don't do that with, with friends of friends. I don't even do that with, um, with even like people I consider to be, close friends but they're not really close friends you know I only do that for a select few of people and but I I know ultimately every single time you do something in your mind it's always I think that this decision is the right call from for my kids I think it's always the right call for them and I I always understand that and so I always understand that when you make certain decisions, that that's always the first thing that's on your mind. It's always, you know, is this the right thing for my my two sons? Never is it right for me. It's always if it's right for my two sons. And because of that love that you have for me, I've been able to take that and and evolve your love into what I think is an uh, a love 2.0 for, for Luna. And I would never be able to give her that kind of love and care if it wasn't for you showing me the right ways of doing Parenting and the wrong ways of doing it as well, and um, yeah. I, I just want to tell you that I I hope you're enjoying your birthday today. I know by the t- by the time you're going to hear this, it's probably going to be tomorrow actually because it's nine thirty for you. But um, I I I have always appreciated everything you've done for for me and my brother as much as sometimes you might not think that. I I always do. Um. And I truly believe that you are one of the hardest people, hardest workers I've ever met. Very stubborn, (laughs) very stubborn. My mom is very, very stubborn, but a hard worker to say the least, Uh, but with a big heart as well. You know, if all her close friends, they all can attest, uh, attest to that one fact. I think that's why my mom has so many friends in my hometown and why even though my stepdad is like the face of, the the multiple bars and restaurants that he has in, in my my small hometown. And he's a crazy, charismatic Scotsman. And everyone loves my stepdad. And he he loves to to outdrink every single person there. Truly, though, when my mom comes out, sometimes out of the house to, you know, still socialize in that scene, um, people gravitate towards my mom over my stepdad. And I think it's just because of the fact that they can truly see just how much of a caring person she is and how she'll listen to you. And (laughs) my mom, I knew I became an extrovert, by the way, I, the day I knew that I, uh, because I, and other podcasts I've talked about how my whole life I, I was pretty much an introvert. I mean, just talking about how, when I moved to a new city, you could probably see that like when I became a bookworm, I became very sheltered and, and because I didn't know anyone. And so like putting my my mind away into like the books and the and the learning, that was my way to kind of just cope with just being in a new environment. And I'm actually appreciative of that now. It's, it is my favorite thing that I do is that I love learning. I cannot go a day. I don't know what I would do in in, in this life if I had no access to the Internet. Or books, I I, I just would lose it. I mean, I if or if I didn't have access to to people that are just different, I would lose it. I don't even know how I would cope with that. And I think that um that's what makes me the person I am is because of that. But uh, I knew that I, I I graduated extrovert school because. One forte that my mom has or she thought she had for a long time until her son finally outbeat her is that my mom, man, when she starts talking, good luck getting that that mom of mine to just stop talking because she will out talk any single person. And fair enough, because she has so many life experiences. She's lived impoverished and worked her way up all the way from there to where she is now in in her life. And she has so many stories, so many people she's met and, and people love meeting my mom. So she's always full of stories. And so to compete against that was a difficult challenge. But I remember finally there was a day that I would frequently go to go visit my parents. I was living in Orlando, but I would visit my parents in New Samarna and we would, uh, we would go out and have drinks at my parents' bars and we would be interacting. I would be talking to her friends and finally my mom would just like, she, I would be the one talking the most. And my mom would try to get a word in edgewise. And I would be like, no, 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 blah, 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 blah. I'm still talking. I'm still like maintaining the conversation. And then finally I remember my mom was like, oh my God, Jason, let me talk. <laughs> At that, from that point forward, I knew that I had superseded my mom <laughs> in the ability to just talk. So mom, thank you for giving me a, uh, uh, a mark to to aim for, to challenge, to beat. You've always been that aspiration for me. I, um, your love. I hope that I've I've superseded your 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 heart, your mouth. I hope I've superseded that. Your intellect. I hope I've superseded that. And I know that ultimately, you love me so much that that's what you want. You want me to be able to be in a position where I can tell you that. I feel that I've moved ahead of you in so many different ways. And there's still other things I could still do that are still, you know, your energy level, I'll never be able to match. But one day I'll get there. That's the next step is to be able to match that energy level and um, take on the amounts of levels of stress that you're capable of taking on every single day. But I love you, mom. You're uh, the most beautiful, amazing I mean, Luna's now a thing, but uh, you know where I'm going with this. You're, you're for the longest time you, and you still are top two, the most amazing women in my, my entire life, you know, top three. Sorry. My wife would kill me. So it will be wife, daughter, dead you mom. I don't know. Don't put me in that position. I don't even know like how I would rank you guys, but I don't need to rank you guys. You guys are all amazing. Um, you guys are all capable of bearing with me and that alone takes a lot of effort sometimes. Uh, and so I hope you're enjoying your birthday today. I look forward to always talking to you, learning more about you and hopefully sharing more of your stories. And, um, it was really hard to do this without getting a little teary eyed, but I did it. I managed it. So, um, don't know what I'm going to talk about tomorrow, guys. I did note that I wanted to talk about this, about my mom. Um, I love you, mom. My biggest cheerleader. And I'll just catch you guys mañana. Peace. Oh, by the way, before I forget, before I forget, if you guys between uh, on the 30th, if you hear any good news, anything, any positive news, global, local um, you know, whatever kind of good news it is, please let's, it has to be something very positive to society. Now I don't want to hear like the political, like, um, reasoning behind something like why this is good for just a slight few people. No, I want to, I want to hear how someone made a sacrifice for a, a, like a true sacrifice for people on the 30th of June. If you hear any of those stories, please reach out to me on social media and, um, please or email me as well at Jason at tonguesoutpodcast.com. Um, it would be very meaningful to me. Um, but yes, again, sorry to add that at the end of the podcast. This is still still a work in progress people, but again, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you guys mañana. this time peace.